Here on the third Sunday of Advent, we're celebrating the story of Christmas. And as you've seen in the videos and in the songs, Scripture says God sent his son in the fullness of time. And he chose shepherds and wise men and, and simple people. He chose them to be part of the story. And I want us to talk for a few minutes about being woke for such a time. God chose them at such a time to bring about the Christmas story. But we make a mistake if we think that we don't have our own time to be chosen. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, You are chosen people. I like to put my name where it says you. Put your name there. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. We are not just a church that comes together in a cinema. We are a holy nation of royal priests. God's very own possession. And because of that, as a result, you, put your name there, can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. This is the word of God. See, God has chosen you. And my, my declaration here today is we get woke to that reality that you belong to God at a new level. Some of you this year, this was your year to decide to follow Jesus. And, and a lot of times when we think about following God, we think we finally made a choice to do that. This says we were chosen. Hallelujah. And that means that everything about your life and everything about mine finds its true purpose in these words, that we are royal priests who are here on assignment to show others the goodness of God. And it's time to get woke to that at a new level because we live in a time when there's challenges to thinking and living this way. One of them has been around ever since Christmas started. This is 2,000 years into the story, and every generation has struggled with forms instead of fire. That the scripture says in the latter days that we will have forms of goodness of God, forms of living godly, temples, religious practices, Christmas. I mean, is there a more traditional time of the year? All of the traditions and songs and symbols of Christmas. That, but when those are not connected to the purpose of being chosen to reveal the goodness of God, they, they are without power. They're simply forms. Let me tell you how that get ex, gets expressed. We come to church and are just churchgoers. We come hopefully more than Christmas and Easter. If you haven't been here since Easter, we're still really glad you're here. But you see, we, we, we just attend church, and then we hire priests 
or God, you know, the man of God, the woman of God, and they do the business of helping God out with his program on earth, we come and throw a few euros in the offering and then go and have our busy week. See, that's a form. And it's completely disconnected to the reality that you are a holy nation. All of you, God's possession, here to show the goodness of God on the earth. And can I tell you, as we move into 2020, we're not interested in forms. You come back a year from now, things will look and sound different in this church, in our community groups, in our team meetings. We're not going to stay where we are now because we're not going to be about form, but we're going to be about being filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit that finds new ways, creative ways in your life and in mine to reveal the goodness of God in our generation for such a time. Another thing that can hold us back is living caught up with our own needs. You see, we're being called to live like heroes here on the earth as priests and kings. But you might say, Steve, I, I, don't, I don't feel like a hero. I'm not seeing or experiencing the goodness of God. I need a hero for me to help, my, help me raise my kids, help me to pay my bills. I don't feel the goodness of God in my life. And it's true. You can't show others the goodness of God if you're not experiencing it. But why not believe that if that's our assignment, the problem isn't that God's not being good, but somehow I got to get rewired in my faith and in my thinking to see the goodness of God in the moments of challenge. The scripture says to us that we're to declare his goodness at all times. And, and I want to encourage you here today if I just described you a little bit, that you get up tomorrow morning and you lift your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to get woke at a new level today through your spirit that my God shall supply all, all, all my needs according to his riches in glory. And even if my bank account doesn't look good, if the doctor's notice to me is not a good prognosis about my health, I choose today to give you praise beyond what I see in the moment for the breakthrough and the blessings that are coming on the other side. Some of you are really going through some difficult times. And here's the thing. What can better reveal to friends, the people in your building, the people that you're doing life with, who would generally, in this city, say they don't know that God even exists, let alone if he's good, what will get their attention that God is good more greatly than when you're going through a challenge in your family or in any area of your personal life, but you are living as though you're, you're having the greatest moments you've ever had? You're living like life is a gift and that the goodness of God is not connected to how you felt when you got up this morning, but it is true and it's there regardless of what's going on. That will get the attention of people that have never considered that God is choosing them for the same purpose of being called out of darkness and into his wonderful light. 
And then there's another mindset that can hold us back from this assignment. It's the it's not me mindset. Some of you would say, well, Steve, I'm just a, I'm just a teacher or I'm just a student. I, I don't have any money in the bank. I, I'm just, I don't run a country. I, I'm not even leading an organization. I'm not a leader. I'm just a simple whatever. And if you have that attitude, you're not alone. The great hero Moses, who was chosen in front of a fiery bush, did the same thing. It's not me. Get somebody else. And, and here's what I want to tell you. If anybody had the right to think that way, it was Mary and Joseph. She was likely not even more than a teenager when she gave birth to the Son of God from a small village, probably not educated. She didn't live near the centers of power. She didn't have a, a, a brand. She didn't have a fashion. She probably didn't have an Instagram account either. And Joseph is a, a guy that worked with his hands. These were simple people who could have said, it can't be me, and yet God chose them. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging. You see, he saw in them the things that he wanted to draw out their special assignment to reveal the goodness of God that would come in the birth of Jesus Christ, the greatest example of the goodness of God that will ever exist throughout all the ages to come. But here's the thing. The Christmas story invites us to look and see it and, and draw inspiration. But I want to challenge us to step into the story and to realize that the same way he chose Mary and Joseph, he is choosing you and I. And he wants to do something unique in your life. He has a special assignment. You see, all of us have the same assignment of showing the goodness of God. That's why we're a holy nation. It's why we are royal priests. But there's another beautiful side to this. You and I don't look the same. We don't talk the same. We don't think the same. You, each of you here are unique. You're a combination of your family, your, your, your genes, your country, your culture, your language. And everything that is unique about you is good. See, the, the world we live in likes to, to take the differences and go, oh, they're not like us. We talk about this. God has created us uniquely because he wants to fulfill his assignment of revealing his goodness in unique ways through each one of us. And then when we come together and do it together, there's such great power that we will not be known as a church of forms. Your family will be known as that church, that family in the back garden house where there's something going on. There's fire in that place. Amen. See, God's only asking us to do one thing. And that's the response of Mary. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. She gets her assignment from an angel. And he tells her, you're going to be the mother of of the Son of God, and she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. See, that's the attitude God wants for us. You're telling God with those words, write them down. 
Lord, I'm your servant. Get up every day. Wake me up. I am a royal priest. I'm your servant. Whatever you want me to do today, whatever you want me to be doing six months, however you want me to be serving in my church, whatever team you want to put me on, I take my hands off of it. I'm ready to be used any way you ask. You see, Mary's words here said, Lord, I'm all in. And here's the thing. You say, well, I'm willing to do that, but God hasn't revealed exactly what he wants me to do yet. Well, Mary didn't know what she was getting into either. There's no way she could have. See, God wants you to agree now to go ahead and trust him that whatever plan he has, whatever ways he's going to reveal his goodness through your life, it's a good plan. And then you say, well, I don't have the resources. I don't have this. Listen, I know Joseph must have gone, look, I'm in charge of being the father of the son of God. I didn't know the king of the country was going to try to kill him. My credit cards are maxed out. I don't have any money on PayPal. Who's going to pay? How are we going to leave here? Come on. And I don't even have regular work. I got a part-time job. I'm not in my home city. Joseph could never have imagined that on one particular afternoon, his son isn't even two years old yet, mom's at home with him, and all of a sudden, three strangers show up and drop off the equivalent of about two million euro in gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And all of a sudden, the bank account was full when the time came at such a time to leave and escape the king. They had the money. You see, God will do the miracles. He'll open the doors. He'll put around you the right people. He will arrange the opportunities. He will do everything that needs to come to pass to bring about your breakthrough, to bring about a new level of being able to show his goodness to others, to demonstrate once again that he's drawn you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. See, the thing that we miss is that God is not looking for great things here. He's looking for great commitment and great willingness to do what he's asked. That means that you are the answer, perhaps, to someone's prayer. You're the one that's going to love someone else unconditionally and consistently the way God has loved you, and they've never experienced anything like that before. You're the person who's going to speak a word of encouragement to someone that's considering suicide. You're the person who's going to give generously when no one else sees. You're going to be that person that does something gracious and kind and and unbelievable for someone who cannot do anything back for you. You're going to be that person who who forever cares for someone in a moment that changes their destiny forever. You're going to live as single men and women so different than the people around you, walking in purity, walking in integrity, planted in the house of God that everyone will know that God's goodness rests on your life. Some of you here are being called to create history-making marriages that love your kids and set them up to change the trajectory of your family tree and break the bondage of past generations 
with divorce and broken relationships and you're going to have a history-making family that forever changes the direction in your family in Jesus' name. Some of you are going to launch, come on. Some of you are going to launch a business that's going to create jobs for families and you're going to create wealth to build a global church in the heart of Berlin, Germany. Some of you are going to be called into having a prayer life that shifts the destiny of nations without ever leaving your bedroom in Jesus' name. He's calling us friends. And he wants to use you and I right now for such a time to reveal his goodness to help people who are brokenhearted, to stand with those who can't stand for themselves. And he simply wants to know, can I count on you? Are you all in? And to that, I'd like us to say today as a church, Lord, I'm your servant. Use me. I'm all in. If you believe it and you receive it, Let's give him an amen and an applause in Jesus' name. Take a moment and bow our heads. Give each person a moment of space here. Some of you really need to say yes to God perhaps for the first time. Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to the Son of God who came into the world. Scripture says God so loved the world he gave his only son. He's a gift to us. And a gift is something that we receive. And so if you're here and you've never said yes to God, never said, Jesus, come into my life, I want to encourage you right now to make that decision. Make this third Sunday of Advent 2019 your day to say yes to the Lord. Maybe you did that at some point in the past. You were brought up in the church. Whether you've ever been in a church before or not, the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you. I'm putting you on assignment. I want to reveal my goodness in your life. And so if that's you and the Spirit of God is speaking, I want to invite you right where you're seated to say yes to him. It's so simple. You simply say it right where you are in your spirit. Jesus, come into my life. And if you're making that decision, I want you to boldly lift your hand so I can pray. We're going to all pray in a moment, but I want to pray for you right now. Steve, that's me. I'm making that decision here today. Come on, just lift them boldly. The Lord is speaking. Come on, thank you. Others, hold them up for a moment. I want you to remember this moment. Wonderful, wonderful. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Let's give the Lord an applause of praise. And I want you to look up on screen. Those of you who lifted your hand, and maybe you didn't get it up quick because we're not going to go long here. If you didn't get your hand up as you're going, Steve, you're talking to me too. I want you to pray the words on screen. We're going to pray them aloud as a church right now. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer. Scripture says when we speak it out with our mouth and believe it in our heart, we are saved. And you are going to give yourself the best Christmas present you'll ever get in Jesus' name. Amen? So let's pray this together out loud. Church, let's join them. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. 
come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an applause of praise. Hallelujah.